Well, good morning again. So we're, we're in the final week of this series, Circles, Choose Wisely. And as we've been going through this series, you know, we started out looking at our circles of, of friends and kind of like what our friends had in common, you know, kind of looking at the commonality we had with different friends and, and grouping people accordingly. And, and then last week, we kind of looked at what our life circle should look like. You know, and we saw that in our life circles, the, the center of our circles or the center of the relationships that we're in, our first and main circle should be loving the Lord. You know, it should be following Jesus and, and what he calls us to do. But I think if you're like me, you kind of may find it hard sometimes. You know, Jesus said the first and greatest command was to love the Lord your God with, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And, and I don't know about you, but I kind of find that hard sometimes. You see, life kind of gets in the way. And, and I find myself at times where, you know, maybe my family or maybe even my friends or, or something even worse, my own job has become the center of my world. And I've kind of pushed Jesus off and, and I get so caught up in what society calls or, or what my family needs or what my friends need that I've kind of put Jesus in an outer circle instead of an inner circle of my life. Now, now I know I can't be the only one who does this. And, and I think, unfortunately, we all run into it. <clears throat> you know, life gets kind of busy. And, and, when, and when we're busy in the world, you know, we... I think it's one of the biggest things that Satan uses today in our lives. He uses that distraction of everything else. And, and, and then the worst thing is he'll use a distraction that's supposed to mean something to us to actually distract us from seeking him. You know, because we're supposed to love our spouse. We should love our family. We should love our friends. Jesus even tells us we should love our neighbors, but ultimately when they take the place of God in our life, it becomes a distraction. And unfortunately, like I said, I think it's something we all run into. We all run into it in this life. And, and it's not a matter of, you know, as Satan distracts us, he's kind of making us order things in the wrong direction. And, and, and then maybe through our life and through our friends that, that we've allowed to become the center of our life instead of Jesus, all of a sudden, they start to influence us, and we start making these bad decisions, or we make the wrong decisions, and, and all of a sudden, somewhere down the line, you look back, and you're like, man, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? Oh, that's right. Little Johnny was my best friend. You know, oh, this person was my best friend, and they, I allowed them to influence me into doing what I shouldn't have been doing. But I think as we need to understand that, that, that we as Christians, that we are and should be influencers. We should be the ones who influence other people's life. And I'm talking about in a biblical sense, we should be influencers in all of our circles. Instead of people influencing us, we should actually be influencers. And I think also as Christians, one of the things we need to look at is our mission should be to make more disciples. It's what we're called to do, make disciples of all nations, right? So if we're supposed to be making more disciples, what does that mean? It means we need to have more people as friends. 
We need to allow more people to come into our lives because if all we hang out with is Christians and, and other Christians, how are we going to make disciples of people if we're all already disciples? So it's something we're going to be looking at today, and we're going to dig a little bit more into it. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 15, uh, verses 9 through 17. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. And as always, the scripture will be on the screen. So John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17 say this. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that, you, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask in the Father, in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you, love one another. So Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, and we look at this love one another, Lord, I ask that you open up our hearts so that we can learn what your love is. Lord, that we can have that joy that you call us to have inside your word. <clears throat> and Lord, that we will seek you in all that we do. And Lord, may my words be yours, and may your name be glorified, and make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so one of the things we see here is Jesus' followers went from servants to close friends. And we even see that as the relationships, as, as Jesus, and you read through the Gospels, how Jesus knew, and initially we took week one, Peter, James, and John, that they'd been around Jesus and then Jesus finally called them to that inner circle. And what we see is they, they moved from being on this outer edge to more of that core, that inner circle of Jesus. And, and just prior to the scripture uh, that we read this morning, Jesus actually gives that discourse of, of the vine and the branches and, and how, you know, he is the vine, we are the branches, and then we need to stay connected. And kind of talks how, how we are connected through Jesus and through the connection of Jesus, we're connected to God. And, and so he kind of depicts this interconnectivity. And, and I think that when we're prioritizing this, this friendship that we have with Jesus, it draws us closer to God. It draws us closer into a relationship where we want to learn more and more about him. And we'll spend more and more time in his word or, or even talking about our friendship with Jesus to other people. And, and you know, Jesus, the, the word he uses here for friend is actually philos. And, and I think it's interesting because how many people when you got married had your best friend as your bridesmaid or a groomsman? Think about it. That's your best friends, the people who were there with you thick and thin. 
were there for your wedding day. They, because you want them to be a part of your most important day, right? Because they'd already been a part of the important days that you've had in your life, and you want them to be there for your future. Well, that's the word that Jesus is using here. That same word is for that close companionship or them friends that are a, a really close friendship. And that's what Jesus is talking about, that his friends were that, that the disciples, they were no longer slaves, they were no longer servants, they became his friends. They became the people who had been with him through thick and thin, and he wanted them, and he chose them to be on that inner circle. And I think we need to look at the same thing as we look at the loyalty that the disciples had for Jesus. Most friendships rely on loyalty. Because think about it. Would you have a friend if your friend wasn't loyal to you? I know if someone wasn't loyal to me, they're definitely not going to be a friend. They might be an acquaintance, you know, because with an acquaintance, there's really nothing required in it. It's kind of like, yeah, you're there. But, but think about with a friend. You want your friend to be loyal. You want your friend to be there with you. You want to be able to count on your friend. And that's exactly what Jesus did with his disciples. He counted on his disciples to be there. He looked to their loyalty, and their loyalty actually provided obedience. Now, I'm not talking obedience like, you know, go do this now. It was more of an obedience out of love that, hey, I need to do what he calls me to do. Which is a whole lot different than being obedient when your parents or when you tell your kids go clean the room. And then you go in an hour later and it's still not clean. Or, or they're too busy making Instagram or TikTok videos that they never clean up the house. And they got them nice round lights all over the place. You know, when you little ones in the house, when your parents say clean up, be obedient and go clean up. Show them the loyalty that Jesus showed his parents. Amen. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> but now all the adults in the room, guess what that also means? That we need to be loyal and obedient to what God calls us to do, right? And it says in this scripture that Jesus' friends did his business. So what's his business? His friends did, will do his business. In John 15, 27, it actually says, You also will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. So, so as we look at what is the business of Jesus, we know that Jesus was about love. We know that Jesus wanted us to make disciples. And, and I think really in the first couple of verses, we really see what starts the process of doing the business of Jesus. And, and I think it's because as we talk about being an influencer, being an influencer in the circles that we're in, the thing we need to do is that understand that we can influence through acts of love. We can actually influence any situation we come into through an act of love or some type of love. And if you think about the very beginning verses, it said that God's love was steadfast. <clears throat> God has a steadfast love. It's going to be there till the end. So, so as us as Christ followers... We need to have that steadfast love. We need to stay in his love because if we stay in the love of Christ, then we can show the love of Christ to others. 
But when we get out of that relationship and we get out of that love where you know them days when you're just not feeling it? But if you stay in his love, you can then give his love to others and know that his love's always going to be there. His love will always be there for us. We just have to choose to engage in it and be in it so that we can give it. Verse 10 told us his love was the sure love. Um, love compels people into obedience. You know, as a husband, I love my wife. And because of the love that I have for my wife, there's going to be some obedience that comes with it. Like, take out the trash. Like, do this. Or, you, you know, guys, you know the old, hey, babe, when you get a chance, can you do this? You know the when you get a chance is now. It's not when you actually get a chance. Okay? So, ladies, I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> you know, we, we learn. But love does show obedience. So, and, and like I said, it's not that obedience of you need to do this now, like they're holding, holding you, you know, prisoner. It's an obedience out of love. It's an obedience because you love that person and you want to show that respect to them and understand that our love for Jesus is revealed through our obedience in his word. Our love for our spouse is shown through the obedience of, of what we do for each other. Because remember, it goes both ways, because men, I'm sure there's times that you hey, babe, can you do this? And she probably gets it done quicker than we get it done. Not saying that women are more obedient than men. I'm just saying men, sometimes it takes us a little longer to process. <laughs> Um, verse 11 tells us that it, it's that successful love. He talks about having his joy. You know, don't, don't we all want joy? The only way to get joy is, is you look at it, it's, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So if it's a fruit of the Spirit and for us to have joy, it means we need to be connected with the Spirit, correct? Now understand, if you're, if you're not connected to the Spirit or you're being disobedient, you're not going to have that joy. So it requires that loyalty, it requires that commitment, it requires that obedience to, to God and what he's calling us to do just for us to have that joy and to have that loving relationship. So ultimately, we can actually influence others by our acts of obedience. Because you think about when you are loyal to somebody and you show love to somebody, that relationship's going to be stronger. It's going to be stronger. It's going to be held together because of that bond of love. And, and love is something that we can all do. Each one of us can show love to one another. And it's what we're called to do, so we should actually do it naturally. But, but at the same time, understand that not all relationships are going to be equal. You know, not every relationship that we have with people or with other people is actually going to be an equal kind of relationship. And I, I, I guess we can put it this way. You know, Jesus showed his love for us. He had this unconditional love for us. He had this unconditional love that he died on a cross for us. How many of you are willing to die on a cross for your brother or sister? You see, we don't have that unconditional love. So not all relationships are equal. That relationship that we have with Jesus Christ is a personal relationship but at the same time, he sacrificed it all for you and for me. 
So we need to be willing to sacrifice it all for him. And understand that, that you know, as we go through this, we are going to have some friendships that are more loyal, some friends that are more loyal than others. You're going to have some friends that will go deeper into it with you than other friends. You're going to have friends that, that you know at times of despair that you can pick up the phone and call compared to other friends. And a lot of it depends on what they've, been gone, what they've gone through with you, and even some cases, how long they've been your friend. Because you think about it, some of us have friends who remember us when we were at the bottom. Some of us have friends who picked us up out of the bottom who we know we can still count on today. Well, they got that loyalty with us that, man, I know, no matter what. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm calling Chris. Chris going to be there for me. Man, Chris saw me at my lowest. Chris was there for me in the deepest, darkest times of my life because he's a loyal friend. So I know I can count on Chris. Now, Mike's kind of been here for a while, but, but he, he don't know me as well as Chris knows me, and I trust his loyalty. Now, he's still loyal, but, but Chris has been loyal longer. So not all relationships are equal. And I think as we look at our life, we can all understand that. There's some people that we're going to trust a little bit more with everything that we do. And understand that loyalty is built up when disagreements happen. You think about when a disagreement happens in a friendship, that's what builds that friendship. And you really don't know how loyal someone's going to be to you until there's a disagreement. Think about Jesus. The night he was going to be betrayed, in Luke twenty-two forty-two, 42, in the garden, he has this conversation with his heavenly father. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When push come to shove and there was a disagreement, Jesus submitted and was obedient and showed his loyalty to God. That's where loyalty is built. That's where that submission kind of comes in also where, hey, you know what, man? I, I, I know he was there for me. I know he's got the best for me. I may not agree with what he's saying, but I need to be obedient to my brother Chris. He's been there with me. I know it. I, I, I know he's looking out for my best. I may not like it, but I need to be submissive because he is a friend. And, and I need to be loyal to it because he's been loyal to me. And there's times that even in, in my darkest times, he's been there to help me out and he's submitted to, to what I needed at the time. It works both ways, but remember, they're not all going to be equal. It builds up over time. And the more, the more diversity a friendship goes through, the deeper that friendship's going to be, the more loyal they're going to be. And, and I, I think we also kind of, you know, as, as we do go through this, you also see that, that influence through sacrifice for one another. You know, it's not all about me. You know, sometimes I got to give things up for somebody else or, or maybe they've given stuff up for me. And, and think, think about this. Every one of us knows a friend who has sacrificed for us. 
you will remember more of what that friend did for you than what that friend ever said. Think about it. You will remember what someone does for you, especially if it's sacrificial. If someone goes above and beyond out of their way to be there for you in a time of darkness, even in a time of good time of, hey, you know, I can't afford it, but you know what? You're having a, a wedding in Paris. I'm on the plane. You know, I'll sacrifice and do something else so that I can be there for my friend. They will remember that more than anything you've ever said to them. Because sacrifice means a lot. And you even look back in biblical times, the Greeks held it so high that to give up your life for a friend was the highest honor someone could ever have. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Memorial Day, we, we used part of this scripture. No greater love than this, but for a friend to give up his life for a friend. Jesus gave his life up for us so that we could have a friend in Jesus. And if we're supposed to model him and see the sacrifice that he made, and his sacrifice influenced each one of our lives. Because you think about it, without his sacrifice on the cross, would any of us be here today? The church wouldn't be here. So we're influenced by the sacrifice that he did. So we got to understand, we can influence others through our sacrifice. Whether it's time, whether it's talents, whether it's whatever it may be, take time and sacrifice for somebody else. Take the time to be there for someone else and to honestly be there. Sacrifice time for someone else and you'll be amazed at the difference in that relationship. You know, I got a group of close friends that I talk to almost every day. And these friends, I mean, they've been there for years. Good times, bad times. You know, kids going off to school, kids getting married. You know, they've been there. Some of them have been there to way back when, when I got married. Way back to before I even knew Jesus. And I still talk to these people. And because what it is, is we hold this bond with each other and we have been there through thick and thin with each other that literally just getting on the phone when they say hello, I can say what's wrong. I can tell in their voice if something's bothering them and they can tell in my voice if something's bothering me. Just by a simple saying hello or saying hi, they can tell a difference. So we've been there for each other throughout all of this. And, and I think over this time, we've disagreed on a lot of stuff. But I think through them disagreements, it's kind of been them deposits into the relationship. Because as, we, as we've disagreed and we've worked through it and kind of sacrificed for each other, it's made those relationships stronger. Because disagreements don't always kill a relationship. A lot of times your disagreements are the deposits that make it grow stronger. It's getting through those disagreements and, and taking that time to be, maybe be sacrificial. Okay, I was, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. And man, that's a hard thing for us to say that you were wrong or you were sorry. We're all part of the, pull the author Fonzarelli. I was woo, woo, woo. You know, but it's okay to admit that you're wrong. Our wives tell us we're wrong all the time. Our wives got to know, you know, our wives are right. And yeah, we probably are always wrong. 
but that's okay. We're, we're only wrong in your mind, not our own. <laughs> but, but understand, each one of us has this sphere of influence in our life. We have spheres where we can influence others and where people are influencing us. And I think sometimes we need to understand that, that our spheres are bigger than what they think. You know, and as we've been talking about these circles and friends, you think of, of the big picture, you know, it starts at this big, giant community. You know, it's like everyone bundled together, and you kind of work it down to the core. You know, we've kind of looked from the inside out. You know, in reality, it starts from the outside and works its way in. We, we have this community, and, that, and that's where they start. Because you think about it, you don't ever start a relationship and they're part of your core group of people, right? You ain't going to meet someone, man, you're my bestest friend. You're my best friend. I just met you 10 minutes ago. It, it takes time. They kind of start on that outer core friends and they work their way in. And, and they work their way in through time. They work their way in through you seeing the loyalty or your loyalty to them through the love that you share with each other. And, and so relationships start kind of on this outer circle. And then from this outer circle, we kind of start picking this more inner circle, maybe the crowd. You know, this is the gang, this is the crowd that we hang with. And, and then from there, it gets a little smaller, you know. Maybe these are like my homies in here. Or, you know, this is like the congregation. And, and then it gets a little smaller in there, and you start getting to, hey, these are... These are my peeps. The, the, these are the people I do life with. You know, they're, they're in my front yard, but I ain't allowed them in my house yet kind of people. You know, hey, you can know where I live. You just ain't coming in my house. And then you get the people you invite in. Then you get to the core. You get to the people who really know you. And I mean, when I say really know you, you can't put on a mask with them. You try and put on that mask and act like someone you're not, and they're going to be the ones who call you out. Dude, what are you doing? Mike, what? Mike, that ain't you. What are you kidding me, Mike? What are you putting on it? Mike, really? You know, they're the ones who are going to know you like that. They're the ones who, as soon as you start acting some way that you're not, they're going to be the ones who remind you who you are. But that's your core people. Those are the ones who, who have taken that commitment and been committed and dealt with you. And yeah, that's right, dealt with you all this time to become part of your core friends. Because remember, our worst critic is the person we see in the mirror every day. The hardest person you're ever going to have to deal with is that person in the mirror. And the thing about it, your core group of friends deal with you on a regular basis. Now, some of us may say, well, I'm the best of my best friends. You might want to double check that. Ask them. Because they might remind you you're really not the best of the best friends. Because we all have faults, we all, but, but even through our faults, we're still there for each other. And we're able to influence each other to move on with our life. And remember, each one of us at some point is going to have a Judas in our life. We're going to have someone who comes in and they might not make it to that core group, but we're all going to have some Judases in our life. And we're going to be a Judas in someone else's life. As much as you don't want to admit it, each one of us will be. And, and so ultimately, as we look at this, as we, as we work on 
relationships with others and, and we're working on our relationship and, and it's great we're doing all this. We've got to remember that the center of our life still needs to be Jesus. And, and that core group of people that we brought in that really know us probably all know Jesus also. And that's a good thing when your core group of people know Jesus because you're able to have, have those conversations. But we can't hang out with the core all the time. Because here's the problem. When we all hang out with the core, how are we going to do what Jesus' work calls us to do and how are we going to do Jesus' work? What he called us to do? Go and make disciples, right? He appointed us. It actually says he appointed us to produce lasting fruit. Appointed you to to make lasting fruit. So you know this core group of friends is really good to have. And it's good to hold each other accountable and have accountable and have all this loyalty to each other. But it can't be just us four and no more. We've got to be willing to kind of go all the way back out to that outer circle again and start looking at and having those conversations with people who don't know Jesus. Because that's the only way we're going to be able to do what God called us to do and that we're going to be able to have this lasting fruit. Every relationship we have should affect the kingdom. Every relationship we have should affect the kingdom. It should affect the kingdom of God in one way or the other. Ultimately, we want to affect the kingdom of God by inviting people and showing people what Jesus has done in our life and invite them into the kingdom so the kingdom grows. But then at the same time as being followers, we should be there for each other so that none of us will stumble and fall. So we got to watch out for each other as believers in Jesus, but then we also got to bring other people into that loving relationship so everything we do affects kingdom work. And I think so many times we, we miss that point because, man, I just like having Christian friends. Man, it's so much easier. Man, we just hang out. We sing Kumbaya, make s'mores by the fire. No one ever cusses. No one ever drinks. Man, we just get to hang out. Man, it is so nice. Man, I don't know any non-Christians. I know God's word says that I should be producing fruit. That I should be making disciples. And, and, and I, I know as a Christ follower, I'm supposed to do what God's word says, but I kind of like my happy place. You see, it's, it's kind of this weird thing because we understand we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. And we can't be in the world if all we have is Christian friends. If everyone we hang out with is a Christ follower, are you really in the world? Are you really taking the time to spend and tell someone about Jesus? So you're really not doing what God's word told you to do. And some of you sitting there going, Pastor, don't do this to me. But it's the truth. If we don't have at least one person that we can talk to about Jesus, are we doing what God's word called us to do? We're not, exactly. We need to be able to do what God's word called us to do. You know, and I think a lot of times it requires us to to start looking at our social circles. It, It requires us to start looking at where we spend our time. And, you know, each week I've used a different kind of chart. This week, I'm not even going to show a picture of one because as soon as I say it, every one of you are going to know what it looks like, a pie chart. 
Now, some of y'all think about apples, some cherries, some pumpkin, okay? But you think of a pie chart. And what do you do on a pie chart? A pie chart kind of shows the time spent in the hole. So, hey, you know, a third of the time I do this. And, you know, take your normal day. Eight hours of my day I'm at work. So that's part of your pie chart. I sleep for six hours a day. That's 14 hours of your 24-hour pie chart. Now, where do you do, what do you do with the other 10? And I think as we look at that and we start looking at how much time and, and just make a pie chart of your friends. Make a pie chart and think of how much time do you spend with your friends? And then think of how much time do I spend with people who don't know Jesus? who I'm trying to get into from my outer community circle, more into my core, my congregation, you know, more into being part of my homies. So you're trying to take them from that outside big crowd to a more inner, inner, inner circle kind of person. And to bring them inside a commonality should be Jesus. So, so as you start looking at that, start realizing, do you actually take time to spend with non-believers? Do you actually take time or, or are you just so busy with all of your friends and work and school or whatever it may be that you just spend all your time going from one friendship relationship to the other or to work and you really take no time to notice you're struggling next door neighbor? Or you take no time to, to be at the grocery store and, and notice the person counting coupons or at the register, putting stuff away because they can't afford it. You know, it's taking that time to have time for somebody else. Make time for someone. Jesus made time for everybody. If you notice when Jesus is walking in, he gets touched, he stops. And like all these people, Jesus took time to stop. Jesus took time to recognize people. We won't take time to recognize our next-door neighbor because we're so busy and so focused on what do I have to do today, what friends do I have to go see, and we get so focused on everything we have to do. Make time in your calendar to meet somebody new. Make time in your calendar to say, I need to be an influence in this person's life, and, and you pray about it, and God will show you who you need to be an influence to. And even as you look at your circles, and, you know, we all got them different circles. Some of us have figured out looking at circles of friends that we have no friends. We have, uh, or, hey, well, you know, I, I'm only here. I haven't got to these outer circles yet. Maybe it's time to start working on the outer circles. And, and understand, as, as much as we talk about circles and you know, I talked about concentric circles and everything else. In life, there's really no perfect circle. If you look at circles in life, even the, the rings on a tree, they're never perfectly round. They always have bumps or, you know, gouges or something in them. And I think our circles kind of look the same way. We, we have some circles that are kind of lumpy. Or maybe they just got some lumpy people in them. And so we've, we've got these circles that aren't perfect circles. So I think, you know, instead of putting circles together, whether it's concentric, putting them or whatever, I think maybe what we need to do is look at 
Anyone ever take time to look at bubbles? I know all the ladies are away. Every time I do dishes, I see bubbles in my sink. But think about the shapes of the bubbles. They're not round. They're not per perfectly circular. They make more of a hexagon. They kind of mold together. And they're, they're kind of really not round. They're kind of hexagon shaped. Did you know in nature the hexagon can hold more weight than anything else? Which you think about it, so a hexagon was what a honeycomb is made out of. It actually takes less wax to hold a honeycomb together because of the hexagon shapes than anything else. So maybe we need to look at our friendships kind of like looking at bubbles and seeing a bunch of hexagon shapes in there and understand that the strongest shape in the world is hexagon. So shouldn't our friendships be a hexagon shape? Shouldn't our friendships connect? And, and you even think about it, a hexagon, depending on the amount of space it has, it could have small lines or big lines to it, but it's always going to mold together. And they're always going to stick together. And it doesn't take a lot for them to hold together because of their strength as individuals. So maybe if we look at our circles of friends as, as hexagons and, and kind of start looking at bringing them all together. Bringing them together and trying to do what Jesus called us to do. You know, through this series, we've really dug into relationships. We, we've really been digging into what kind of relationships we have with each other. And that our relationship with Jesus should be the number one relationship. And hopefully, uh, you know, my prayer is that it's opened up our eyes. Uh, to maybe see where we fall short of God's plan for our lives and that it's opened us up to understand that we're not perfect and we can't just continue with the status quo of life. Yeah, we are and we should be influencers. We are and we should be influencers in a biblical sense. Think about it. in a biblical sense, that means being loyal, being loving, influencing through sacrifice. Be what Jesus was to us in other people's lives. It means we're to be in the world, but not of the world. We should be a change inside the world instead of the world being a change in us. And yes, that means you don't have to have just Christian friends. You can be a friend with your next door neighbor who drinks and cusses like a sailor. You can be a friend with them. It's okay. Because guess what? Jesus loves them. Jesus loves that person. And maybe Jesus puts you next door to them or them next door to you as a reason for them to come to know him. But we'll walk right past him. Oh, you sinner. Huh. But that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll literally shun somebody because they don't think or act or do what we got. Well, how can we do his business if we're shunning people? Y'all seem to forget y'all used to be the same way. Some of us worse than others. Some of us way worse than us, but we will shun someone who had the same hurt, hangup, or habit that we had back in the day. Because we're better than that now, so we're going to shun someone. Imagine if Jesus shunned you when you were at your worst. Imagine if he shunned you. So therefore, we shouldn't shun anyone at all. 
Jesus loves that person as much as they love you. And I can tell you the greatest gift I ever got from one of my friends was when they invited me to a Baptist church in North Carolina. They invited me to a church and, and, and my friend wasn't perfect. They never admitted to be perfect. They knew I needed more than the bottle I was holding. They knew I needed more than the bottle that I was drowning my life in. They knew I needed Jesus. And they sacrificed their time, they sacrificed effort, and they invited me to church where I met Jesus. Greatest sacrifice a friend ever made for me. And I still talk to him to this day. Still talk to him to this day. Remember, as Christ followers, our mission should be to make more disciples. That's our mission. Make more disciples, which in turn requires us to make new friends. Because you can't make disciples if you don't know people who don't know Jesus. Basic. If we're to make disciples, we need to make new friends and we need to know people who don't know Jesus. Like I said, it doesn't mean you need to be drinking and cussing with them. It doesn't mean you need to be doing this with them. Be the light in their life. Be the difference in their life. Be loyal to them. Be compassionate to them. Be Jesus with skin on in their life. Be a friend who understands they, God has a greater purpose for them than whatever they're going through at that moment. He had a better purpose for you. He's got a better purpose for them. So, of course, my question would be, how are you doing at that? How are you doing at making disciples? Having friends that aren't making new friends and having friends that aren't Christians. And you need to be honest with yourself. When you look in that mirror, you got to be honest with yourself. Because trust me, God knows we can lie to ourselves all day long. Well, God, I'm trying to, but I don't know anybody. Well, walk out your front door and make a left or a right. Guarantee there's someone there. Walk into a grocery store. Guarantee there's someone there. In your own workplace, I guarantee there's someone who doesn't know Jesus who you haven't even taken the time to talk to. Because it's been, oh, it's just pure business. We work together. How about inviting a person out afterwards? Start to take them from that outer crowd into a more inner circle in your life. Make a change to change someone's life. And you, know, you could be sitting here and saying, well, pastor, I don't even know Jesus. Well, that's where you start. That's where you start. You start by that having that relationship with Jesus, and then after you have that relationship with Jesus, you can then start to bring that relationship into other people's lives. And remember, like I said, we're not perfect. There is nobody in this room. There is no one with church online. There is no one watching or seeing this that is perfect except for Jesus himself. He's the only one that's perfect. So we're all messed up. We're all jacked up. But he loves us just the way that we are. And we need to love others just the way they are. Instead of judging people or shunning people, why not show the love that Jesus showed for you 
to somebody else. He said, love one another the way I loved you. Think about how much he loved you. And if you don't know Jesus, you know, God's word says that we're all sinners and we all fall short. We all fall short of the glory of God. But it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's how we all ended up in this jacked up family together. We're brothers and sisters in Christ and none of us are perfect and all of us got issues. Some of us just refuse to admit them. But every one of us has issues. Yes, we do. That's his issue right there. He won't admit he's got an issue. So, so if you're trying to get it together, don't worry about getting it together. And, and maybe you're here today and you kind of said, man, pastor, that's me. I'm not making disciples because I don't have any new friends. Or maybe you're not making disciples because you got no friends. I'm amazed at the amount of people that through this series have come up and said, well, you know, I really started looking at this and I'm having a hard time figuring out who's in what circle. Because we've never looked at it like that. We kind of just went through life. Our life should be intentional for what God's word calls it to be. Going and making disciples. And in order to make disciples, you need new friends. And instead of letting your friends influence you into bad, I had a friend influence me into good to accepting Jesus. Be that kind of influencer in someone else's life. Every one of us has a chance to influence someone else's life today. And I challenge you during this week, I challenge you to influence someone else's life this week for the love of Jesus that he had for you. Amen? And if you're not doing it, hey, I'll be up here. You can come pray with me. You can pray right there. You don't, you don't need to come to the altar. He'll meet you right where you're at. Whether you're here in the sanctuary, you're watching church online, you're watching this video later. But wherever you are, if you're not doing what God's word calls you to do, make it right with God today. Ask him to bring his God appointments to you. And trust me, when you ask God for a God appointment, God, bring someone in my life who don't know you that will come to know you, you better be ready because that person's going to show up in your life. And you need to be obedient to what God's word says. Amen? Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you, Lord. Lord, Lord, as we've looked through this series at our circles, Lord, and, and we've looked at how messed up our circles are, or, or we've looked and realized we don't even know who's in our circles. Lord, I ask that through this series, and, and as people have watched it, or maybe go back and watch it again, Lord, that, that you will open up their eyes so that they may see what it is you want them to see. Lord, that they will see how they can influence others. How, Lord, how, how we can do what you call us to do. Lord, we can make disciples simply by making new friends and influence them and be you with skin on. Lord, knowing that we're not perfect, but we have you who are. So, Lord, I ask that you be with us and, Lord, that you bring everyone a God appointment this week. 
that you bring someone in their life that does not know Jesus and give them the opportunity to tell them who you are to them. And Lord, be, be with us as we continue to, to go through this year. Keep us safe and keep us focused on you and your kingdom work. And make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.